Hey, this is Latif Mikado, and you're listening to the Good Night Freestyle Podcast, where I take some time each night to try and reflect on the freestyle scene, where it is, where it's going, and try to figure out how to sustain it, not just for future generations to enjoy, but also to benefit. So sit back, relax, and let's talk some freestyle. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Latif, and welcome to the Good Night Freestyle Podcast. And this is episode, this is episode 183. Hoping you guys are doing well. I am, I'm fine. I'm good. Um, did some work. Worked on the book. Cleared out some of this office. Um, went to actual, actually went to the Goodwill, which was kind of interesting. I've never done it before. Angel has. Um, there was a time we got like a lot of shit that I don't use anymore, but other people could use, which is like scanners. Um, I have fax machines. Some people still use those actually. Um, printers. I had some hard drives. I had a lot of, a lot of pieces to computers and then um, a ton of books. We had a lot of books that, not my books. I don't give away my books, but Angel has a lot of novels and stuff like that that uh she really, she's not gonna, she's not gonna read anymore. Um, and we thought, we said, okay, well, if we put this stuff out here, we'll spend the day, and then what will happen is, we'll be selling books for like five for a dollar. I'm like, that shit wasn't appealing. Like, I didn't feel that um, having like a garage sale is exciting. Like, I didn't want to do it. I figured we get rid of the stuff, and if we made a couple hundred bucks on everything. Then we're good. But you know what? There's no guarantee that we're going to make a couple hundred bucks. Okay, that's number one. Number two, we don't need to have all those people around us. And they don't need to be around each other. That's number two. Number three, it's hot as hell during the day. Um, anything we don't sell, we have to bring back. And it was just the cons after con. There was no pros. There really was no pros. And if you guys hear, you can see I came outside. I thought I beat the train, but the train is passing. So, you know, let's excuse that. However, I am getting a lot better at this because it really doesn't bother me. I could care less. It'll probably bother you. But anyway, so what we did is we went to the Goodwill. And I didn't know if we had to go and give them the breakdown and say, you know, we got, you know, 50 books. Or we got this or we got that. And, um. So I didn't know what we had to what we had to do, and then, you know, and then I would I would assume they would give us like a write-off sheet. Now write-offs work good for us because we pay a lot of taxes, you know, self-employed. Uh, so at the end of the year, you know, ten fifteen thousand dollars in taxes is not unusual. We've done more, we've done less. It, it depends. I, I I never really know what we got to pay unless I go and I, I track it. Um, so what they did is they actually give us a blank one. Now, of course, you can't cheat. You don't want to lie. You don't want to. But, you know, you can at least um, with that first batch, you can kind of itemize what it cost. Um, so you can in write offs, you could basically get all your money back, which is which is kind of cool. Um, and uh, and we got maybe three or four more uh, loads that we'll be bringing in. So um, I thought it was a great deal. So anybody who has shit that you're trying to get rid of. But that's if you write, if you pay taxes at the end of the year, I guess if you don't. Maybe it doesn't make no sense, or maybe you can hand it to someone who does, and 
whatever. But it seemed to work for us. I'm glad uh, Angel came up with it. <laughs> and, um, and that was it. So we have a few more loads like that. Um, hey, listen, one of the things that was in that storage and we didn't realize was um, our wedding albums and our cruise albums. A lot of pictures of my family, my immediate family, my wife and kids and grandkids and stuff. So again, thank God we didn't, uh, we didn't just abandon because I swear you can never have told me that that stuff was there. I swear all I thought was there was garbage. So I don't know what I was thinking. So um, anyway, listen, it's Wednesday night. I'm outside with you guys. I'm going to take you guys on a little adventure right now. Okay, so I want you to hang out with me. And uh, if you hear me uh, go out of breath a little bit, uh, disclaimer, I'm a fat guy. Um, but... This is the adventure we're going to go on right now. I really don't like walking through this, this grass. It's a little wet, and I got flip-flops on, so my feet are getting wet. Uh, but what we are going to do here is we're going to roll the garbage cans out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I forgot to do it earlier, and I don't want to do it after the podcast. So I will do it now with you guys. And... Uh, yeah, garbage is pretty full because of all the stuff we've been throwing out. Uh, they're pretty, even my uh, recycle bin, which also has to go out today. A lot of cardboard, stuff like that, that we uh, that we took out. And, um, oh God, yeah. So, a uh, couple more shows I had to turn down today. Uh, matter of fact, me and Angel were just talking about it. Uh, she thought it'd be a good idea. She said, well, you know, if they're calling us, you know, maybe they know what they're doing. And I was like, you know what? Maybe they do. But I don't want to get on the, I don't want to get on the plane. You know, and guys, remember, realize this. The money, the money could be pretty significant when we do a show. You know, we do, we're talking about several thousand dollars. But no matter what, it's still not worth getting sick. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather struggle with it and be healthy. Well, sort of healthy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I don't, definitely don't want that shit. You guys know how I feel about that. And I'm sure everybody else feels the same way. And uh, so yeah, we just had that discussion right before I came out for the podcast. And she says, well, you could stay and maybe I could run out there and do it. I was like, oh, hell no. Like, what What the hell are you talking about? Like, why would I do something like that? That's my wife, you know? Like, she she thinks that uh, she's extra, extra cautious that this shit won't catch her, you know? But you never know. Never know what she what she touches. You never know who she sits next to. I'm not gonna risk that kind of shit. We don't need it. Because you know what, you do something like that, and something happens, first thing you're gonna say is, I should not have did that. So, uh, anyway. All right. Yeah, that's, that's kind of bad, right? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I ran out a little breath. <laughs> That's not good, man. 
<laughs> Woo. All right, but hold on. Let me get a sip of this water here. Yes, nice and cold. Some of this 100% all natural purified drinking water and it's great value. So right from Walmart, we get like 300 bottles for a dollar, some shit like that. Uh, what else is going on? Um, thinking about getting back to work on my course. Uh, if you guys know, I put out a book couple of years ago called Freestyle Promotions and the Seven Simple Steps to Getting Started. Well, that book actually has a program that's attached to it. I've worked about a year on the, on the program. It's supposed to launch for the new year and then COVID hit. So it really, really screwed me up. <laughs> I'm talking about, I did so much work. I worked over a year uh, building this thing. Um, so I went back into it. I had to put a freeze on it. It's very expensive to run, um, and it, it entails outside outside sourced programs that also have monthly fees attached. Um, and then I have to kind of remember where I left off, you know. So that that's the biggest thing. I think that's what's intimidating me the most right now is where do I where do I pick up? So basically, the way the the program works is. It coincides with the book and what it does, it's an entire program on that kind of walks you and guides you through different aspects of freestyle club promotions. Like my goal is actually to help. Like people say, oh, well, you're going to sell a course and, you know, that's what you're that's what you're doing. You're just making the money. No, because the course ain't shit. Of, as far as what I can make compared to what I can make if you can actually learn from it and branch out as a promoter yourself. Now, that's where the money's made. You're talking about, you know, a few hundred bucks in comparison to, you know, $100,000 in a, in a, a lifetime career with, with a partic one particular promoter. So, no, it's not about the program. That program will never sustain me <laughs> financially. Um, but having more promoters on board... Uh, booking for me as an agent or just booking my artist direct uh, cover girls little Susie so on um, could really uh, benefit me benefit the genre benefit the fans because there'll be a lot more shows benefit the artists all the artists team the road managers uh, probably put um, give more opportunities to new artists um, artists that are not as established established artists um dancers producers who can probably be um have now an incentive to create more music or be motivated and uh, uh, bring on new producers so um my program can help the entire freestyle ecosystem and i've looked into this many many times so um it's really really a great program um, once I launch it, um, anyone who ever even had, had some sort of, um, desire or thought on getting to the club promotions, um, I mean, really in your first event, 
you will definitely uh, pay for it 10 times over. So, um, and even if you never did another event after that, you still walk away a winner. Um, I really, really bring it down to the bare bones. I make it very, very simple to understand. Um, I have step-by-step guides. I have day-by-day guides that you uh, you follow along on a day-to-day basis, and it actually helps you. All you do is follow directions, and it actually help you go through all the necessary steps. And as long as you just take tackle that one step a day, um, uh, it can um, really put you on the right track. Once you do one event, it also shows you how to repeat that. Um, it also has things like an artist analyzer. I kind of teach you how to uh, how to have a little system show you how to choose an artist, the right artist for the right event, right neighborhood, and so on for the right price. Um, there's so much when it comes to that. So many people do it wrong. Um, people say, well, you, you're not a promoter. You're a booking agent. Yeah, exactly. My clients are promoters. So I have a different perspective. You know, my perspective is very wide when it comes to promotions, you know, if you're a promoter and you live, let's say in LA, all right, you're only going to know how to promote LA, really. It's not the same as promoting New York or promoting Chicago. It's not because they like different artists. They like to um, be promoted to a certain way. Um, There's a a different kind of people. Uh, um, The locations are different. There's a lot. There's a lot you have to know. Um, and so if you're a great L.A. promoter, there's there's a good chance that if you try going to Chicago, that you might fail. Very rarely do you get someone who goes from one market into the next and, and rocks the house. That's That that doesn't happen often. If, you, if it does, it's either going to be a fluke, you just got lucky, um, or you really did your homework and you know your shit. You know, um, but uh, but that's what that's what I do. So so you got to realize the experience I have with so many different promoters all over the country for the last 25 years. Um, these promoters open up to me because I'm not a competitor. A lot of times they're proud or excited to tell me what they did, how their numbers were. Sometimes they're, they're proud to tell me their little tricks, their little secrets. A lot of them are not secrets because I know and they're pretty standard, but not everybody uses them. Uh, so I'm not giving away anybody's potential. No one came to me ever with a unique secret. So any secrets or anything that I give up is public records. You know, it's just some people just don't do them. You know, so I'm able to share that, you know. And, uh, and when I see uh, different promoters from different areas use the same techniques successfully, then I know it works. And a lot of times they'll call me and they'll ask me about, um, they'll consult with me about, you know, certain things, especially in the beginning of the game. In the beginning of the game, man, promoters, new promoters, man, call me for everything. And, you know, one of the first things I got to do is I got to gain their confidence. I need them to trust me because if they trust me, they'll listen to me. got to realize this. I'm going to get paid regardless whether they're successful or they're not. Okay, so my, for my job, I'm going to get paid. But I want a successful event because my artists are attached to it. Not only that, okay, if, I, if, if a promoter goes out there and he's not successful, there's a very good chance that they're never going to do it again. That does not benefit me at all. So the key is to help promoters be successful, help them do whatever we can. I don't claim to know it all, um, uh, but I know more than a lot of people. Um, 
and there's a lot of a lot of just just going by starting out with what I'm teaching you will really put you on a good track. I also teach you how to be open and how to evaluate your event before and after the event. You know, because what happens is a lot of people will finish their show um, and then that's it. They just start planning the next one. No, there's things that you have to pay attention to because the whole key is to try to step it up because there's no guarantee that those people that were at that event are going to come to your next one. They might not have had a good time. You might have thought it was the bomb, but to them it might not have been. So you need to be able to be aware of that. You have to see that. Some of these promoters I've seen that they go on these shows, man, they, you know what they do? They, they hang out with the girls and they get drunk. That's not a promoter. That's a, that's a bullshit uh, show-off. Uh, any promoters that do that, um, yeah, I'm talking to you. <laughs> you know, I've seen so many of those, and those are always the ones that, that screw up. They're always the ones that their show sucks. They're always the ones that if we have a, an issue, it's their show. If there's a miscommunication with, with money, it's their show, it's them. If there's a mess up with the hotels, it's, it's their, it's usually them, you know. Um, very rarely, I, I'm trying to think, was there ever a promoter that was drunk off his ass that did well? Um, sometimes you'll get a, a, two partners and you're dealing with one through the whole time, right? But then when the show comes on, you don't deal with the other one at all. But then when the show happens, the one that you dealt with every single day for the event, they're the ones that are in the club and they're getting smashed. And then the other one that you hardly ever talk to, that's the one that steps to the plate and kind of runs the show on that evening. Sometimes that works. It's just kind of weird because I don't know those promoters. So it's like I didn't build this relationship. So if I'm talking to a promoter almost every other day um, for like three months before a show, um, I know them. I like to be, I want to be around them. We kind of became friends before we even met you know and uh and uh let me tell a story real quick before i go because it just kind of it kind of dawned on me right now um i was talking to this um promoter in west palm beach florida and we're talking about early 90s maybe like 95 his name was marcel spoke with an accent i think he was like hibanian i believe albanian hibanian hibanian um the same shit that uh, Kim Kardashian is. I think it's Albanian. Okay, Albanian, Armenian, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so we didn't have Facebook at that time. We didn't chat online. We didn't have any of that stuff. So it was all email and telephone. That's it. And the email was very, matter of fact, honestly, I don't even know if we used email, to, honest, to be honest. If we did, it was for very little because everything was faxed. So I would drop a contract, fax it to them. They would sign it, fax it back. And then the money, a lot of times, they didn't even wire the money. Those days, they used to mail us a check. You know, all money orders. I used to always get money orders. Anyway, so this guy, we dealt, we spoke for about maybe four months, Okay. Real friendly, one of those really high, strong, upbeat guys with the accent, and really, really friendly. And Latif, Latif, let me tell you, let me tell you what you, you gotta see this place. It's beautiful. We got this. We got the red carpet, and then the carpet on the side, you know, and the, the chandeliers, and the, you gotta see the stage and the sound system, state of the art, brand new. I just paid a hundred thousand off for that, you know. So I get those guys very excited, very interested in doing what he in doing what he's done. And he's single, 
So, of course, he talks about girls a lot, you know? So, of course, you, I already know what to expect when I see those guys. So, anyway, at that time, we used to, we used to travel with Lil Susie, her two dancers, uh, which was um, Ron and Mike, I believe, and, um, and Susie's father or her mother. A lot of time I used to be with her father. Well, this one in particular was with her father. And um, and what happened was we were, uh, no, actually, I'm wrong. Let me let me correct this for a second because, no, no. I was going to say Susie wasn't with us. No, she was. She was. I remember now. Yeah, so she was, uh, Tony was, uh, I mean, not Susie was with us. Her father was with us. But anyway, so let me get to the story. <laughs> it's kind of funny. So me and Marcel were talking for about three, four months, man, real friendly. Like, like we know each other, man. Like, we know each other to a T. Because we talk, you know, we're not only talking about business. You start to get personal. You start to talk about your family. You start to talk about things. And you kind of get to know people. And, you know, when they, when they trust you and they feel comfortable, they open up. You start hearing more and more personal business. Sometimes you share personal things, too, if you feel the same. And also to kind of keep them at, at ease so it's not just them talking personal. So, but anyway, so four months pass. We go and we fly out to West Palm Beach. Okay? So I told, I told uh, Mike the dancer... I told him, hey, I said, I said, hey, man, check this out. This is when we were in the airport soon, still. And we're going, I said, this is what we're going to do. I said, my son never seen me before. He has no idea what I look like. He goes, really? I said, yeah. I said, so what we're going to do, I was already getting chubby at that time. I wasn't fat. I was a little chubby, a little fluffy at that time. So I told Mike, I said, this is what we're going to do. I said, when we go there, his name is Marcel. I said, you're going to be Latif, and I'm going to be the dancer. And he was like, oh, we can't pull it. I said, trust me, it's going to work. I said, it's going to work. So we all walk up. We're all walking. And uh, we, I could see him already. I could see him because he's waiting by the, by the car. And I think he had called me or something. Said, yeah, I'm in, you know, a black SUV, whatever the case. So, so we go outside, and he's like this. And he's all excited to see me. Like, he's standing there almost like with his arms open, like, ready to hug me. Like, so all four of us come, right? Wait, well, it's it'll be Tony, me, and the two there. So four guys, one girl. So he looks, and he says, and he says, Latif. So he's looking at all of us. So Mike steps up. He goes, hey, Marcel, good Latif. <laughs> so they, they're hugging and he introduces us all so he introduces me as uh mike bing let me let me correct that no tony was not with me it was just the girls and me i mean it was just Susie, the dancers and me so <laughs> so we're gonna go get in the car and i sit in the in the back when i'm working so um i jump up in the front and um so the so i get in the front with now he's thinking that Latif is going to jump in the front with him. So Latif jumps in the back. I jump in the back in the front seat. I say, yeah, man. I said the front seat's a little a little more comfortable. He goes, hey. He goes, and what's your name? I said, I'm Mike. He goes, hey. He goes, what do you do? I said, I'm one of the dancers. I swear to God, I saw his eyes look down at my belly. <laughs> Yo, I'm not even playing. So his eyes look down at my belly. He goes, yeah, so you, so you dance, huh? I say, yeah, I say, yeah. I say, I've been dancing for a very long time. He goes, okay. So what happened was we go straight to the to the to the venue. So what they're gonna do when we come in at a certain time, they want us to go straight to the venue, do sound check from sound check, we'll go grab a bite. After we go grab a bite, they'll take us to the hotel, we check in and we'll get to rest until later on that evening. So we go straight to the ve the venue to do sound check. Now we're also gonna pick money up that day uh, at the sound check. <laughs> so <laughs> 
So they, they put the music on, have Mike put the music on, and I start stretching like I'm a dancer. <laughs> yo, and this guy didn't realize he had guests there. He had brought, yo, some friends, you know, people he wants to show off to. I guess some sponsors. Uh, must have been like 20 or 30 people. You know, that was there. So he's looking. I can see him staring. Like, he's not even looking at Susie. He's looking at me, you know. And then finally, you know, I don't know how we did it, but we wind up breaking the ice. I definitely didn't want to start dancing. <laughs> but it was. we took it that far. And, uh, and he goes, yo, you son of a bitch. He goes, I was wondering. I said, wait, he doesn't look. You look like a Latif. He and it was, yo, we just went on <laughs> from there. <laughs> and, uh, yo, it was hilarious, man. So... But uh, I was funny because I just brought that up. I just thought about that. One of the, the many good times I had on the road. But anyway, all right, guys, listen. I overstayed my welcome here. You guys are probably bored out your mind right now. So I'm going to let you go. Go go, do what you do. Get some rest. Um, and uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Tuning in. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Uh, and until tomorrow. Good night, Freestyle. Before I lay me down to sleep, I pray to hear a freestyle beat. For if I die before I wake, I hope to make it to the break.